Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Mindfulness Hub. Wherever you are in the world, I wish you an amazing day filled with blessings and peace. If it's your first time here, then welcome to this curated space for unwinding, de-stressing and reconnecting with yourself. Thanks for all the constant support with receiving and I have amazing news because we reached 1,050 downloads. Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> And today we have a very special guest. Let me introduce you to Rana. <laughs> Hi. So Rana, it's not only an amazing cook, but she's a mindful food connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that mindful foodie. <laughs> um, and she has a very, very nice story to tell. Yeah. Welcome, Rana. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I'm actually happy of finally meeting you because I feel like we've been following each other on Instagram for a while and we just check what's going yeah. on. We're Honestly, gonna... like I found you on Instagram and you know, like I sent you like a fan uh, <laughs> message. I'm like, what? what? What are you doing? Are you skydiving and doing yoga? That's incredible. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love what you're doing. <gasps> yeah. Well, like I know. <laughs> Can we be friends, please? And we're finally meeting. Yeah. So it's, good. It's, it's so nice to meet just people who have so much to tell. And I love how you brought Sitbait, which is your brand. I love how you show others how to cook from the heart and not just for the sake of cooking. So tell us more about what Sitbait, what inspired oh you. Oh my God, okay, so much. But basically, um, I don't know if I've told you this, but I have a background in journalism and media. So I actually was in production, in the production world. I once upon a time had a production company and then I went into, I loved storytelling. The reason I started the production company was because we wanted to tell stories about the Arab world. So we made documentaries and films. Anyway, we fast forward after four years, we were doing corporate work and I was like, I need to leave this because this is not what I started the company for. And then I became a life coach. Ah. Yeah, because I wanted I wanted to give back and I wanted to help. And I found out about life coaching early on when life coaching just started becoming a thing. And I'm like, I need this because I love to motivate people. I love to like feel people's energies and empower them. Anyway, and then I got married a few years later and I didn't know how to cook. Okay, this is like very irrelevant about my career. No where it happens. But then, Not to me, but <laughs> or maybe yes. Or maybe yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just didn't. I, I called my mom and I'm like, Mama, it's time. You have to teach me how to cook. I didn't know how to boil rice, like basics. But the thing is, at the same time, I like to to lead a healthy lifestyle. Um, my mom always cooked for us. We were honestly like um, privileged to have my mom cook for us all the time, and we didn't realize how amazing that was. She cooked. Not only like delicious food, but healthy food. My mom always really cared about uh, making our food nutritious and very, she taught us how to like eat mindfully and properly. So when I got married, I was like, I have to learn. So then I told her to help me and she made it so complicated. She was like, Rana, you have to taste and put. And I'm like, I don't know how to taste. Like you have to give me exact specifics. And then when I research or like look online for Arabic recipes, it's very similar. It's in Arabic, it's very long, it's very complicated. And I'm like, no way. I'm not wasting time in the kitchen. I'm just not interested, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I found like really simple, like 
tasty and BuzzFeed videos where I was like grilling chicken and, you know, like cooking healthy, but like not traditional food. A few years later, I was visiting my sister in Dubai and we were just talking about businesses and ideas. And I was like, why don't they have a Betty Crocker for Arabic food? <laughs> Technically, it works. If you think about it, Arabic food is all made up of lentils, dried ingredients, spices, a lot of like stews. So I'm like, it works. And then I did the research and I found out that a lot of people were having the same issue that I'm having. They want to cook, but it's so complicated. So they're like, you know what? We're just not going to go that route. So then I made it happen and I created pouches uh, that basically you have to add water and oil and you can create a traditional meal. And they're labeled for I, beginners. They're so simple. They're, they were made for me. As I was, <laughs> it took me like four years to develop it. And while I was developing it, I'm like, because I had so many days where I was so busy and I'm like, why don't these pouches exist? I need to cook right now and I don't have a solution. So anyway, the, the whole concept turned into a brand which is called Sitbit. Sitbit means the woman of the house. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And when someone like me or some younger generation hears the word Sitbit or like an older person says, inshallah, one day you'll be a Sitbit, you cringe because it's like, I don't want to be a Sitbit. I want to be a successful, ambitious woman. And I want to work and I want to, you know, all of that, this like modernity uh, thinking, which I'm all for. I'm, I'm very, very like ambitious and career oriented. But it doesn't mean you don't have to cook. It doesn't mean you can't be the woman of your house anyway. So what the whole concept is, is I'm trying to tell everyone that anyone can be a sitbit. Whether you're busy, whether you love cooking, whether you don't love cooking, it doesn't need to look a specific way. It's just about mindfully making your own food and putting your love in it before you consume it. And there's so many ways to make it easier. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to make it easier. Because I love that... I tried Molchia for the first time because of you. And when I opened the, the big pouch, I saw this little pouch of labeled, and I was like, what kind of magic is this? <laughs> because it was so, so well done. And I really wanted to say congratulations. Thank you. Um, because you explained it in such a easy way. For, for example, me, that I don't know about Arab food, Um, that I'm coming from a different cultural background, I understood everything in, in detail because you made it so easy to, to process. Thank you so much. Um, that there's no way people can go wrong. Unless, I mean, you never know. <laughs> And that's fine. We, we, it, th- this is what's cool. Like, cooking is fun. It needs to be cut. It doesn't need to be like, oh my God, if I ruin the meal, it's... Oh, no, it's fine. I... Uh, uh, Then you got burnt. It's funny. Let's just like try again and like have fun in the kitchen. And let's not just like think about like, oh, we need to be working right now. And oh, I'm busy. I have to go and order a meal and eat on the go and eat it in the car. That's not actually cool. It's, it's actually cool to go and make your own meal. Have some fun. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the meal. Take a good half an hour and just like give it its time. Your body deserves the love. It really does. And You know, like, if you look at my career path, everything looks like it's all over the place, but everything's actually connected. Because for me, I always cared about the well-being of everyone and myself. And this is exactly where I'm here today because, okay, it's cooking, and I never knew how to cook, and I'm not the best cook on earth, but it's about my well-being. Because at the end of the day, no one's going to take care of you except for you. And we can find ways to make it happen. You know, it doesn't have to be like, 
oh, if I don't work out for two hours a day and eat diet food, then I will be unhealthy. No, it, it doesn't have to look so black and white, you know? It's really like whatever you prefer. And like, it's just a matter of finding a way to make it happen. Of course. Of course. And it, it's so interesting that you're mentioning that because I think I haven't told this to many people, but after I finished uh, school, I was in medical school for a couple of years. And then I transitioned to being a pastry chef. Oh, wow. So I graduated as a pastry chef, but that idea of cooking at home, just relaxed, was somehow, I don't want to say erased, mm -hmm. but I was always baking under pressure that when I was doing it at home, it was only for just like either business purpose or just like not as relaxed as wow. it was before. Yeah. So for me, cooking at home, I was like super basic. Yeah. It was okay, one, two, three. And yeah. then at the same time it's like, okay, it needs to be perfect and stuff because you start learning all this um I don't want to say instructions, mm -hmm. but you, you start creating these patterns in your yeah. mind that it needs to be perfect yeah. because this is what you're doing, this is like your career and this is this is your your job. Yeah. Um and I think that for many years I was not really cooking for myself mm. with a lot of I don't want to say energy or love because there was love and there was energy, but not 100% yeah. because I was doing the basics. Yeah. So um, it's been since last year that I started falling in love again with, with the cooking process. I mean, I love baking more than cooking, I must say. Um, but I started venturing again into cooking because we can tell stories through the food. Oh my God, yes. And... and uh, I feel like that's one of the reasons that I transitioned to baking because I felt like we can put so much love in the things we do. And I was always more caught in the sweet part than than like just savory or mean meals. But it's it's so interesting when you were telling me before that we eat sometimes without thinking what we were doing. You just eat in such an automatic way. Yeah. Um that you forget that this is important for nurturing your body, for nurturing your soul, your mind. And I feel like with, with what you're creating, you're also giving this daily reminder to people that this time when you're eating your food, your meal, your, your molochia, <laughs> or, or whatever you decide to, to prepare the day, it's, it's some sort of meditation as well. Yeah. So, um, coming from the corporate world, do you think that this kind of fast-paced patterns somehow damage the relationship uh, with yes. with eating? So I think with everything, <laughs> I think everyone's living in autopilot pilot right now. I think we're all in a hurry all the time. I'm personally speaking, I'm always in a hurry. I'm always like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm not mindful about my movement. And for me. I know from my life and my experiences in life, being present and just being is always the answer to everything. Anxiety, stress, depression, whatever you're going through in life, if you can just find a moment and be present, everything goes away because all you have is now. And I think we don't realize that anymore because we're all on the get-go and we're all encouraging each other to always hustle, hustle, hustle. And like... If you see me on my daily in my daily life, I'm a hustler. I'm I'm always running. For, so for me to tell you this, 
it really took me a lot to get to this point and I'm so grateful for it. I really believe it's a gift that I, alhamdulillah, like I received and I'm always trying to be mindful with everything I do. So going back to food, let me tell you a little bit about why cooking has been a problem everywhere actually. So when I was doing my research about Sifbet and I was trying to make these pouches, I, I was doing my research and worldwide, everyone stopped cooking. Like it's, it's a really big problem everywhere. The main reason is because women work. The second reason is because there's so much pressure where people, um, like when you cook, people compare it to like their mother's food, like traditional <laughs> ways of doing things. And then, of course, along with the corporate world and the busyness of life, I think people just don't think cooking is important anymore. They just think it's a waste of time. Which is sad. It's very sad. This is, you know, what differentiates us between animals is our jawline. The fact that we cook, like we actually figured out how to make fire so we can cook because we could not eat because of our jawlines. We have mm-hmm. to cook the food so we can eat it. This is in our nature. It's... It's in our genes, as human beings, every single person, like we're supposed to be cooking. It's actually in our nature. And for us to think it's a waste of time, unless you're like a chef, is so sad. It's really sad because that means we're all eating without knowing where the food came from. At the end of the day, you know, even if you want to be healthy or whatever, and you go out and you order food. Like when I go to a restaurant, I'm very like, little salt but you still don't know what's happening in the kitchen you don't know how angry the chef was you don't know how many hours they've been working there 100 percent. you don't know what the pot they're using you don't know the ingredients you don't know how much they washed you actually don't know what is happening to your food so like even if it's labeled as healthy and clean and organic you actually don't know and in arabic we say there's this thing nafs bil akil which means the soul in your food, like the soul you put into your food. They always say like when you eat something, it's like it shows that it shows that your soul was in the food. Like this is something that we say all the time, but I don't think people realize that it's a real thing. Like when my mom cooks something versus when I cook, I swear, even if she's like in the kitchen for a minute, her food tastes incredible because <laughs> she puts so much heart and soul in it. Like she is like really nourishing me. Whereas when I'm cooking, it's like, okay, we have to eat. So let's just, you know, of course, it's still better than uh, ordering food from outside. And this is the whole point. It's just like just putting your soul in the food and just like really enjoying the entire process. Food isn't just about eating. Food is Mm -hmm. like engaging all your senses, your sense of hearing, your sense of your vision, your your taste, your touch. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we got to a point where it's like, Less senses, more doing. Yes. Less being, more doing. And yeah, I think we just, we just, just take a minute and just like really think about that. And that's probably one of the reasons why when people are super stressed or super tired, they just aim for high calorie, empty foods. Yeah. Like you need 100%. this sugar rush. Yeah. You need extra caffeine. You need yeah. oily you're stuff. You're trying to fill a void as well. Mm-hmm. It's like exactly you're doing it also to feel better or... You know, it's like, oh, the burger tastes so good, so I'm just going to have it. It's going to make me feel better. But of course, it's not going to make you feel better after like five or ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's just like they want that quick mm, fix. Quick fix. That, that sensation that yeah. you're being supported. Yeah. Because I was reading a bit of psychology behind why people get like go for these choices mm-hmm. when they are very stressed or very exhausted. And sometimes it it's just 
as basic as having the same feeling as someone's hugging you. Mm. So I feel like once we're aware of that kind of situations, we make better choices. Yeah. Even if some days you just want to eat something sweet. Yeah. You know, I love creme yeah. caramel. That's oh. one of my weeks. <laughs> In Peru, we have one of the best foods in the world. I mean, it's been voted in TripAdvisor and many other things, but we have plenty of um, uh, restaurants in San Pellegrino list. We have some Michelin star restaurants now since since I finished college because before Peruvian food was there, but no one really took it out. Mm. And then they invested a lot and people like it. But at the same time, what I really appreciate, and I'm sure that you have the same feeling towards Arab culture, uh, culture and food. It's that your culture is shown in the food. Oh so God, it, yes. it's so interesting because for us, um, we have so many different influences. We have Chinese, we have Japanese, we have Spanish, Italian, we have still some native uh, influence. Uh, and something that many people don't know is that before the Spaniards came, we were not using rice or wheat. Wow. So we were using basically corn and quinoa, mm-hmm. amaranth. Mm-hmm. So all these blend of cultures, all these blend of just ingredients created what we have now. It's and it's showing part of our history. And I'm sure that you have the same, the same thing. So, you know, sometimes people ask me, like, what, do you, what what's your mission mm-hmm. behind Sidbet? Or like, what do you do? And I tell people I'm preserving culture. Like, this is actually sincerely my vision and my mission. I am here to bring my culture back to life and bring the kitchen back to life. Food is love. We all know food is what brings people together. It's always been the number one thing. Before sports, before anything, food is the number one thing that brings people together. And I did like a small, like I remember drawing like a vision board and I drew like my grandma's kitchen, my mom's kitchen and my kitchen. This kitchen nowadays. Kitchens nowadays are dead. People are not cooking. Where do people eat? Usually in the kitchen. And people, if you ask some families now, they don't even have lunch together, breakfast together, dinner together. This is not even a thing anymore. So when do you have conversations? It actually usually happens around the the dining table or the lunch table. It doesn't happen when you're watching TV. It doesn't happen when you're running in and out of the house. It doesn't happen when, it only happens when you're eating. So imagine the conversations that people are not having anymore. The love that's not happening anymore. It's sincerely like it's 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 scary to think that people are not sitting and eating together anymore, and food really is love. So for me, just that idea that I can maybe bring back to life one kitchen at a time, it really gives me so much joy. And sometimes people message me and say, "Rana, I never thought I can cook, and now I actually feel like I can, and I cook this, this, this." It makes me, and then my my daughter ate it, my son ate it, my husband ate it, my friend ate it. That's incredible. It's like connecting people together. And I feel like nowadays, because everyone's so busy with their career and the corporate world, we're all thinking so much about ourselves and like we're all living in a bubble alone. We forgot about the connection and like the tribal feel and all of that, that we're all supposed to also realize it's very important in our in everything. Like if you're, you're talking about food history, there's a lot of food historians who like talk about the like where Arabic recipes come from, and it's incredible. It's like, what like, some like uh, someone was visiting the country and then they made this dish for them, and then the, this person took it to another country, and it's like, it's it's 
it's incredible what food can do, you know, and it's like such a conversation starter. Exactly. And I feel like food holds so much heritage, but we sometimes underappreciate it. But I love how you're sharing Arab food for beginners that are not even based here or familiar with with their Arab culture. Yeah. Because in that way you're just exporting yeah. love. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I I remember when I was doing the research I would ask foreigners, did you eat Arabic mm. food? Have you ever tried Arabic food? They're like, yeah, we tried hummus, barbecue, you know, and I'm like, this is not this is not Arabic food. But I'm not offended mm. by what you're saying because mm-hmm. I understand who's going to feed you Arabic food if you really think about it. In restaurants they're serving mezze, Lebanese mm-hmm. mezze. They're not serving traditional meals. Who serves them? Our mothers. My mom is not friends with you. I'm friends with you. So how how are you gonna get? How are you gonna eat mama's food? I have mm. to cook this food for you so you can try it. Exactly. So if we're not cooking, how is anyone gonna try traditional food anymore? So what's your favorite dish? Oh no, this is or a, a top question. three. Top three. Oh my god, that's so hard. I like uh, simple dishes, like mm. the really like the most simple, like mjaddara. You oh, know I the love, one with the lentils. I love it's just that. it's so basic but so delicious. I I love amouchi, of course. Oh my god, everything with eggplants. I love. Uh, I really like mutabal. Which one? Mutabal. Mutabal. Oh my god, I love that. With, with the eggplants. Oh my god. It's like the better yes. version of hummus for me. A lot of people <laughs> are going to get really offended by this. I am so sorry, but I really love eggplants. But my favorite is what I know. Oh, you really love that, don't you? You it's... keep on talking about it. I, I know, I right? Need to make it, I need to get you some of mama's what I know. I'm not going to make it for you, but mama will. And the thing is that. Before, when I was new in Qatar, I was happy to try everything. But once you try a homemade what I you know, exactly. there is nothing that kind of... Because there is no... The soul is in it. And I didn't know that if you use Dibs Rahman, it's different. Because I have this client that she's like my second mom. And she knows that I love what I know. And she does half a word of what I know. She's so sweet. And she was explaining... Like, if you put uh, the Ramon, it's different. It's not going to be so sour with mm-hmm. just, like, the plain lemon. And I just munch it. Yeah. And I, I'm so oh happy because God. you can feel the dedication in the dish that you may not find if you go to a restaurant. 100%. 100%. So, even coming from some sort of hospitality uh, background, I feel like in a restaurant, okay, many times... You're gonna put all your heart in the dish, yeah. But some days you're also exhausted, so yeah. you may not be able to connect fully with what you're doing. And you're not really meeting the people you're cooking for because exactly. one of the the most beautiful for me, the reason I love cooking, is because I'm giving it to my kids and my husband mm-hmm. sincerely. If I lived alone, I wouldn't be cooking. Most likely, I would be eating like really basic stuff. Mm-hmm. But like as a chef, I can imagine it's so much harder to have that connection where it's like. I'm serving love to people, but you're not really meeting the people all the time. So it's it's hard because it's a job at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I learned a lot in the kitchen, things that I never learned in school. Mm. And one of them was working under stress. Mm. So that's when I feel that many chefs and cooks lose the passion or just like keep the passion some sort of in pause. Yeah, yeah. Because you're having all this constant stress that even makes you hate what you're doing. Christ. I didn't experience that, thanks God. Yeah. Because I always felt that baking was my therapy. 
yeah. in that moment, especially because I was yeah. going through my endometriosis treatment. And it gave me a lot of clarity about how we can transfer love, emotions through the things we, we create. Yeah. So when I was making at home, because I had a home business while I was in college, I was doing a lot of pastries. Oh my catering God. and stuff and it was so cute tell like, me you baked me something <laughs> I, I promise i promise i will bake you something <laughs> i can make anything you want wow. i was last time i baked here um it was croissants oh. not here it was a client of mine wanted me to bake it for her wow so i did it um i also did um apple pie um but i, I mean in school, we learn proper stuff like wedding cakes, yeah. like all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But my favorite is a plain creme caramel, which is so easy. Oh my but God, you love creme caramel. I love it so much. <laughs> and it's so hard to find the creme caramel that I have in my mind. And I'm yeah. sure the same thing happens to you. You yeah. think about Mutabel. Um, yeah. And you compare the one that you find out there with the one that... Oh my, the worst made. thing is going out with my mom. Oh my God. It's oh like, God. Google, I'm like, wait, I take you to like a really good Lebanese restaurant. And she's like, what is this? What? I can make something. Wait, you got me to this. I could have made you something so much yummier. Come on, Emma, admit it. I'm like, you're actually right. So now I hate eating Arabic food like outside. The only Arabic food I'd have is like something we would not make at home, you know, like barbecue and stuff like that. But like to have a traditional meal, I'm like, why? I can make it up. And it's true. And I also can tell how rewarding it is when you make something from from like your yeah. deep heart. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, oh my God, this is the best cheesecake I've ever eaten. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy I met you because this is the, yeah. the best biryani I've yeah. eaten. So I felt that we channel our emotions through the things we create and food is one of the biggest creations we can do on a daily basis so i love that i i love how you're just sharing your passion with others mm. and also you're planting this seed of curiosity because maybe imagine there's a girl who doesn't know how to cook she bumps into sit yeah. she she cooks one couch and then she's like okay i did great now what or even if it was not successful as she expected she's like okay i tried my best i failed mm. but I'm going to try it again. It's exactly mm. what I'm trying to do. Like, you know, I always tell everyone, like, you know, when you, have you ever baked a Betty Crocker mix? You know, no, the ready, that's ready offensive dip. for me. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my mom when I told her about this bit. She was like, you're <laughs> also lazy. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, it's so funny because many people show me, have you tried this cooking mix? I'm like, do you think I went to college for using a cooking mix? <laughs> <laughs> you're right though you're right but okay, basically it's like you know like people who so exactly so let's go to this okay so someone like that would go like i baked brownies and it's like from a cooking from a box of course that's not brownies but they really sincerely think they actually made brownies it and so it's so gratifying you know like it's like oh, i made this meal myself and then when they eat it it's like oh my god it's the best thing ever and they want to share it with everyone but then it also gives you the sense of curiosity in the kitchen. You're like, oh, I can add sprinkles. I can add this. And then you just like get excited, you know? And I just wanted, I really want to spark that curiosity. Because for me, I could have easily created a company where I cook and I sell the food. Exactly. Because it's lacking in the market. Great. But I want people to cook. I want them to feel this feeling that I was able to get for myself. I never cooked before. I was never interested. I promise you. 
I'm still not like, oh, I love cooking. I can't wait to get in the kitchen. No, I'm not like that at all. I'm very honest about this. But there's a very gratifying, empowering sense that you get after you cook. And the amount of love it adds to your house, it's incredible. It's so true. Yeah. I have two kids now. And one of them, I have OCD, like not severe, but I, 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 I care about cleanliness. And one of the most challenging things was to cook with my son. But I did it because my son is not a foodie at all. He's not interested in food. He gets bored while he eats. And I really wanted him to be curious because I wanted him to taste. You know, with veggies and fruits, especially veggies, you really have to be curious and allow yourself to taste all these different things and enjoy it. And the only way for him to get there is to cook it himself. And that was something I've, I'm, I'm, and I'm, until now I'm really working hard to do with him. And I'm so grateful for it because it really allows me and gives me the space where I can actually spend time with him and like really just be present. So it's not just mindful eating, but it's mindful everything, movement, playing. It's, it's a beautiful experience. And he really does enjoy food a lot more after he cooks. As soon as he cooks, he's like, oh, I'll try it. Even if he doesn't like it, but he's like, I'll try it. And for a kid to just try something is an accomplishment. Of course. So, yeah. I find beautiful what you say because... Sometimes as adults, we lose the spark of curiosity. Mm. So cooking is one of the best ways of being back in our in our childhood. 100%. So I feel like, well, now I feel like I want to cook something. Uh-huh. <laughs> But we, should, we should do that next time. Maybe an episode we should. about cooking. We, we, should. <laughs> we definitely should because there's so many things that I haven't cooked in so long. And he knows that I'm more into baking and cooking. He's actually a great cook. Oh, Ooh. perfect. <laughs> you guys make a perfect team. <laughs> um, but what I find hilarious is how when I was living alone, I was so basic for cooking. I was scrambled eggs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With yourself. Boiled potatoes. Salad. Anything. That's fine. Anything. I'll <laughs> just fine. eat. Yeah. But for others, I was like showing off and all this. Yeah. But for me, I was like, it's fine. You yeah. know, just like. I'll just it's crazy, act in a yeah? different way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's it's just so interesting how cooking all these years, I feel like, has reached a different level that it's not only the food itself, it's more of human connection. Yeah. Um, and as you said, storytelling, um, something that I miss a lot from Peru is how fresh the ingredients were. I'm sure you miss the same. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky my mom still lives in Qatar, so I get that. I'm so, I'm very fortunate. Like she really like gives me that love. Oh, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, my mom doesn't cook that much. She used to cook before, but when I entered to college, she felt that I became very awful. She, but it's not no. true. It's not true. <laughs> I was just like, you know, you start you start putting more attention to things. Yeah. So she she was like, I don't want to cook for you anymore. And I was like, no. You see, this is the second problem why people don't cook because there's too much pressure on them. You did that to your mom. You did the opposite. I'm, I'm a Leo, but <laughs> she's a Leo too. Oh, so that's exactly why she stopped cooking. She's like, you know what? No. But you know what I love? And I love she does um, any soup or just vegetable cream. I'm a big soup fan. Yeah. I could eat soup for days and I'm not going to yeah. get tired. But I like to put chili. Ooh. Because in Peru, we eat a lot of yeah. um, spicy. Yeah. It's not, I mean, this is something that I learned throughout the years as well, is that chilies taste different. So some chilies are just for pure flavor of spicy, but some others provide some extra, extra aroma hints and yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
So in Peru, we have so many types of chilies, so many types of potatoes, and I just miss so many basic things that before I could go across the street and oh. reach reach for my corn, wow. <laughs> come back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes it also reminds you of, of home. I have a friend here, and we went to college together, imagine. We went to college together, and he's working in Koya in W. Yeah. And um, for Christmas, I, we saw him. And after, like two weeks after, it was the anniversary of our city. And he made this like dessert platter for, for us. And the thing is that I was almost crying because I was like, oh my God, oh my this God. is home. This is the taste that I will find when I'm going to the street, the street food fairs and things like that. Um, and I just felt that it brought me back to wow. that place. Wow. So I, so powerful. It's so it? powerful because sometimes you are so homesick and just eating this, I don't want to say cookie, but like this yeah. cookie or yeah. even cookie. Yeah, it's as simple as that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that, I think this is what we all under um, underestimate. The power of our senses is insane, mm-hmm. you know? Like we care so much about our vision and like taking pictures and looking at but what a like sense of taste mm. is so powerful. It connects mm. you so much. You can feel things, you can sm- hear things, you can see things just by tasting something. And now that you mentioned that, I'm sure that many people that are listening to us have had these amazing meals that look beautiful, but you don't really remember them. Yeah. Um, but that's not the case. When you go with someone you love and yeah. share. Even a small, yeah. simple dish, you'll yeah. remember that more because you invested emotions, energy, yeah. you you, ha- you ha- stored that memory, and it's just different. I mean, it's, it's nice. It, I feel like now all these culinary trends of making the food look deconstructed and beautiful, it's art. It's art, yeah. But at the same time, the most important thing is when art transmits something to yeah. you. So I feel like if my mom does soup, for me, that's art. Yeah. Because I know that that's going to take me back to my childhood. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It's a matter of perspective, really. Like, what you mm-hmm. choose to see and like. And I think, like, I'm just thinking, like, if anyone were to take away anything from hearing us and, like, how to get there, I don't think you have to go cook. Like, again, mm-hmm. I, I'm all about finding solutions. And I'm not saying the only way for you to get there is by cooking. But, like, you could, like, for example, set a day where every month you and your friends can just like gather around the kitchen and everyone can just like try to make one dish together. Mm-hmm. And it could be like a gathering, you know, over like food and drinks and just like laughter and all of that. It can be as simple as that. I, I'm not saying every single day you have to go back home and cook, but like let's just become more mindful of our food and our eating habits. And yeah, just like choosing the foods that will make us feel good not just like make us look good but also feel good of course and we have listeners from 45 different countries and rana is from palestine so i'm sure many people are wondering what's the most famous dish oh my god or top three so you know um it, it really depends on like where you are in palestine food is crazy like it's so important that every single like city will have its thing and different ways of doing it but, like, two really big ones are ma'lubi. Ma'lubi means, like, 
flip basically like you flip so I it's basically it's a rice right. dish okay, yeah i've seen the video so it's like eggplants and like rice eggplants mm-hmm. and meat or chicken and rice and you flip it people add like different veggies you can add tomatoes it just depends on your region where mm-hmm. you're from traditionally it's eggplants meat and rice delicious one of my favorites <laughs> and i'm not a big I've rice fan oh my god like rice? i am more bread person but ma'lubi is like i have to, i'll make you ma'lubi I'll actually make it for you. I you can it. make it with the biryani pot. I'll show you how. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> it's so easy. And then another one is msakhan. I love msakhan. So msakhan is basically onions and chicken with with bread. Oh my God, it's delicious. I don't Caramelized onions. I'm, I'm going to Google that. Msakhan. I'm so curious about, about learning because um, as we were talking before, every dish has a story. Yeah. It's not just like this chicken or this rice and it's it's entire history history, history. <laughs> it's actual history it's incredible that's that's so that's so interesting because <laughs> i feel like all these ancient cultures um have so much to tell and the food just gives you a hint of it 100%. 100%. And one more question is there something you don't like to eat Ooh, uh-huh. <laughs> interesting. Actually, um, I actually love everything. I really do. Like, um, um, I love all veggies and stuff. But I think I don't like to eat things that are not good for my body. Like, I honestly, see. like I eat uh, junk here and there, but I really feel guilty about it. You know what I mean? I see. But otherwise, no, I'm, I love food. Oh, that's I love trying things. It's like, oh, what is this weird? Let me try it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I love you know, that. I love that spirit because... So many people, they don't like to try different things that take them out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something very common in tourists when they go to Peru because I don't eat meat. Yeah. Um, but we eat guinea pig. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying we because Peruvians eat guinea pig. Yeah. We eat alpaca. Yes. And the thing is that if if you see a guinea pig, you're gonna be like, I'm not gonna eat my pet. Yeah. But people there. They love it. Yeah. And some tourists, when they try it, they really like it. So it's just like that, giving it a try. Yeah. <laughs> I think like for me, it's not even about like, will I like it? And I'm going to eat it all the time. But it's like, I just want to get a sense of what, mm-hmm. what you are enjoying. Like when I visit a country, I'm so curious about the people and the culture. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you eat? Let me just try it. I just, I just want to know like your taste, your sense of taste. Like, how is it like, you know? Like, how do you see the world? Because it really tells you a lot about a person. Of course. Like, what they like. Once one specific person loves dessert, it's usually in their culture, they use a lot of sugars and stuff. So it's so <laughs> <That's> interesting. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any cuisine that you dislike or your least three favorite food? Yes. Like, for example, for me, I'm not so much into things with a lot of dairy. I like cheese and stuff, but I have a lot of issues digesting mm. heavy cream. So French or Italian, sometimes mm. it doesn't suit me that much. Yeah. Or things I'm allergic to shellfish. So many seafood style stuff also it's not friendly with me. And what about you? For me, I'm not a big person on sugar. <laughs> I'm scared to look at you while I say this. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm very grateful for I don't for know that how to react to this. <laughs> 
I'm just like gazing somewhere if else. I told you earlier, you were like, I'm, we're not going to record this podcast today. I saw today. your face when <laughs> I was offering that croissant with Stella. You were like, I'm, like mm. I'm not interested. That's all. Yeah, so I'm not very interested in like uh, plain food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love croissants, but not like I'm not like I, I won't fantasize about it. I, do I also love person. textures. I would I would like to try yours. You see? Like that's love. something else. Yeah. <laughs> I would love. <laughs> um, I'm not very big on. Hmm, what else? I I've never had pork. Like I've never so mm-hmm. things that are too fatty mm-hmm. and too fried. I totally I'm not agree interested with that. in that. I too totally fatty and too fried. That. I'm not interested. I feel you with that. Um, I I think that because as a kid. I was always having some sort of <laughs> health issues. Really? Fast food is not so familiar with yeah. me. So you will not see me craving for fast yeah. food. What I usually crave is Asian food because we have so much Asian fusion in Peru. Nice. And I'm somehow Asian because yeah. my great-grandfather was one of the first Chinese who went to Peru. Oh, wow. So, I mean, the, the Chinese food that you find in Peru, it's not the Chinese food that you find yeah. in China. But the blend is very nice. Yeah. So that's, for example, when I'm craving something, it's usually Asian. 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 I love that. I love that. Um, but I feel like I cannot digest gluten that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with pasta. But if I eat a lot of pasta or pizza stuff um, and it's not whole wheat, it takes a while. Yeah. I feel heavy. You know, I was uh, when I was like obsessing about like, what's the best thing for you food-wise? Because, you know, like, I went this, through this whole journey with my body. And I remember watching a documentary about the perfect diet. And they mm-hmm. talk about, like, how your ancestral diet is your perfect diet. So, like, See. your body isn't used to having all mm-hmm. of that. So when you go to Italy, for example, other people are like, oh, how are Italian is not fat? And, you know, and mm-hmm. they're like, their body is actually, it knows how to break down all these things. And they have it in a very specific way and in a very fresh way. It's not processed and all of those things. So it's really like, it's the same thing when people, like for me, for example, if I change my diet to like an Asian diet, my body would probably react differently mm-hmm. because it's just not used to it. Exactly. And my genes aren't used to it as well. I feel like my genes are <laughs> maybe not so friendly with a lot of dairy. Yeah. I love dairy. Do you have a lot of dairy in Peru? So we do, but we don't use cream. Yeah. So we use milk, yeah. we use cheese. We fresh, have a lot. probably. Fresh. Yeah. But cream or cream cheese or these kind of, for example, yes. our cheese. The processed stuff. Yes, our cheese is not creamy. Yeah. It's just like very, um, I don't know how to explain it. For example, in the mountains, we have a lot of, we call it fresh cheese, mm. which is like, it's not cottage, but between between fat and cottage, mm, <laughs> it, it will be like a mixture of wow, both. Wow, that sounds really good. <laughs> which is salty, but it's not so oh. so hard in texture. So that's mainly our autochthonous type of cheese. Yeah. But all this creamy stuff, I feel like it's it's not in our food. Yeah. Lately, you're putting more cream because you're somehow getting more into the fusion and stuff, but. I cannot digest cream. I don't think anyone can, to be honest. <laughs> but all these, I see all these people like just having a lot. For example, your massive pasta with like yeah. cheese and cream. And I'm like, that looks delicious. But I know that I'm not going to yeah. digest it. Yeah. So, for example, something that kills me is cheesecake. Oh, my God. And when I used to bake, that was my best seller. So, um, I was always asking people to try it. <laughs> I knew my standard recipe. But for me, because 
it reacted so bad. Yeah. And I mean, it tastes amazing for someone that doesn't yeah. have this issue. And wow. it's not lactose intolerance. I just don't break down milk fat yeah. that yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's something that you said that it, it's so important is listening to your body because sometimes we have so many different types of sources like information and other people sharing their story but at the end of the day the most important thing is the f- that the food that you eat needs to suit you 100%. and no one else because yeah. i had this issue many times when when I, I started being very disciplined in the gym and all the trainers were telling me like you need to eat more protein and i'm like i cannot digest more mm. protein so I'm trying my best to put it like in little chunks. Like I love that you know that. And yes, you like, yeah. because before I was like trying to binge on protein because I was like, no, 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 this is not enough. And I was feeling like heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and this week, uh, sorry, not this week, this year, the first two weeks I did a detox because I got some sort of allergic reaction. Wow. So I cut dairy, I cut sugar, I cut gluten, and I felt that my body just like, got a fresh reset yeah, yeah and i didn't understand how much extra stress our body gets when we are not eating the right food 100%. and sometimes it's it's just like not following what others say it's following what your I'm, gut tells you i think you. this is exactly what it is i think people are always like what's the best diet how did you lose all this weight how do you look this tell me exactly i'm gonna do exactly that but it doesn't work that way exactly. this is why i became a life coach actually because i remember so I've 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 been really like um so since 2011 I made a promise with myself I was like I just want to be so fit that I can run as much as I want and like and I just don't get tired and alhamdulillah I've been on a really good journey with like just working out and yoga and everything just movement in general and I remember people were like Rana tell us teach us train us and I'm like it's not just about what I'm doing and what I'm eating it's way more and you really have to know you and yourself and just be present so you can actually learn all these things and just be patient. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to look like it's going to take more time, but it's going to be like a very, it's like a um, long run kind of thing. It's not just going to be like a short temporary solution, but it's going to be a lifelong solution. And just a real lifestyle. And if there is one last thing that you would like to share with the listeners regarding how important it is to eat mindfully, yes. why would it be? Um, just trust yourself and just trust the process. I promise you, you will get there. I know, we all know, that the, the, we all know the way to get there is by listening to our bodies. We all know that. We have an instinct inside, inside of us that, that's telling us to go for it. Sometimes it's going to feel like it's a long journey and it's exhausting and it's going to take up, it takes up so much time and other people are doing it differently. But listen to yourself. Be patient. You will get there. I promise you. Just always see things in a different way. Put on your love glasses and just give yourself love. Thank you so much for your time, for your energy. I just love your energy so much. You're just carrying all this sparkles of light. <laughs> and I'm sure that everybody who has tried Sidbait or will try Sidbait are going to say the same. Where can we find Sidbait? So right now you can order Sidbait through our website. You can just visit our page and I'll be more than happy to direct you. Thank you so much, Donna. Thank you. It was I, a I will pleasure. make for you. I owe you something. You can pick whatever you like. Ooh, croissants, cheesecake, everything Ever you perfect. mentioned today. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so and much. And 
Once again, let me share with you the new dates for my 2023 Ladies Only Yoga and Wellness Retreat named Ethereal Journey, crafted with love, dedication, and lots of healing energy. The dates are October 16th till the 20th, 2023 in Menorca, Spain. I have 10 slots available, so don't miss the early bird that is going to be out there until March the 31st. And for more information, check the link on my Instagram bio or just send me a DM, DM on Instagram. We have reached the end of episode 23. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and message. Once again, feel free to reach me via email, aileen.yoga at gmail.com or through Instagram at aileen underscore yoga. Most important, give yourself the chance to unwind in the mindfulness hub. Have a great day ahead.